Hi, I'm Toby. And I'm Nick. And we're here bringing you the Pure Property Podcast with Track Capital, where we talk about everything property and property investment. The aim of the podcast is to give you bite-sized chunks of our industry insight and knowledge to help investors invest intelligently. So Nick, anything interesting been happening in the business over the last week? Yeah, we're continuing to see a good level of interest, which is always positive. I was excited to bring on a new project in the southeast of the country this time. So as a lot of our listeners will know, Toby, we're heavily focused on the places like Manchester and Liverpool in the northwest, where there's really, really strong capital growth. But we do see a great level of demand for the southeast and particularly commuter belt locations just outside London. So we've taken on a project uh, actually in Kent, which is completing uh, any week now, uh, fixed rent on completion, low deposit levels. So yeah, Chatham Waters in Kent is something that we're uh, really excited about. Excellent. Well, let's move on to what we're going to be discussing this week for our listeners. And it is the hot subject of yield versus capital growth. Yeah, and I think it's a really important topic because there's two distinct strategies here that investors could focus on if they wanted to. You know, some people may want a blend of both. Some people may want one more than the other. But what we do today is obviously look at them in a bit more detail, break them down and help our listeners figure out which one's best suited for them. The the response I always get when I ask an investor, what's your strategy? What are you looking for? Yield versus growth. And to no surprise, nine times out of 10, they will say both. But realistically, it doesn't always work that way. You can find the select investments which can end up having a mix of the both. But ultimately, you do kind of have to have a main focus on one. And I suppose what we're going to be doing today is breaking down each of them and maybe helping some investors to choose and sway to which one's going to be most important to themselves, depending on their strategy. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, it's a good point. We can't have the best of both worlds. We can look for a balance. But um, yeah, the purpose of today is really to to narrow down and work out what may be best for you. So topic number one, then, if we kick off with the uh, the yield aspect, Toby, do you want to go into that for a bit more detail? Yes. So rental yield, in short, is the value of the rent you can expect to receive from your property in a year And it's always a percentage that's calculated by dividing the annual rental income by your initial investment. So, for example, if you buy a property for $120,000 and your monthly rental income is £1,000, over the course of a year, your rental income is going to be £12,000. Your purchase price was £120,000. So when we divide that in times by 100, that gives you a rental yield of 10%. Yeah, exactly. So um, I think a a really simple way to explain it is saying it's basically a a universal measurement of your cash flow, which you can use to compare one property to another. So you can know which one is generating you the most amount of income. So other than that, Toby, what's the sort of main reasons why we need to know about it? I think the main reason it's used when looking at a property investment, it's a great measuring tool to quickly work out if an investment is going to be lucrative for you. So it's definitely a great way to start sifting out certain properties. Maybe when you're looking at a batch of properties to view or a batch of properties which you're considering to purchase, it's a great way just to look at the potential rental income, look at the price and you can get a rough idea on what your yield is going to be. 
Also, it's a great way of comparing it to different investment assets such as stocks and shares, ISAs, um, savings accounts that offers high interest because it can it will show you what your money is going to be doing for you in the property. Yeah, so really it's you know can be used for comparison purposes. So you can look at places in Manchester, London, Liverpool and really quickly work out what's going to generate me the most income based on the purchase price. Of course. And let's not get confused. You have to make sure once you've worked out the gross yield that you are then going to start looking into the net yield as well because there can be a big difference. So for example, when you're looking at apartments, the gross yield can look very favorable in comparison to another property. However, once you start to take out the costs, i.e. your service, maintenance, ground rent, management fees, that can decrease the net yield. So that might make it look less favorable to another investment and vice versa. All these factors are stuff to, to consider when looking at these type of investments and taking into consideration yield. Yeah, I think gross is great for top level analysis so if you're scrolling through as you say if you're looking at hundreds well not hundreds if you're looking at a lot of investments you're not not probably not that lucky but if you're looking at a lot of investments then gross yield is a really good way to quickly analyze quickly check and have a good look and see what the potential income is but as you say toby looking at your service charges ground rent and management fees on apartments we want to make sure that the net yield is just as attractive too of course and we won't go into too much detail but let's make sure we don't confuse net yield with return on investment as they are two different things, but that's a whole different subject altogether. So we won't go into that today. Yeah, definitely. I think um, when you're looking at sort of different deposit levels and return on cash invested, et cetera, et cetera, um, it gets a bit more specific and tailored to the individual. So if anyone does want help working that out and, and considering options on that side of things just let us know but for now net yield gross yield really two important measurements that we need to look at yes it is and what we'll do as well in the show notes we will just put the quick formula on how to work out the yield just so you've got that for yourselves nick why don't you explain what capital growth is yeah so capital growth or what some people refer to as appreciation is simply just the value of the property increasing over time so if you buy a property 10 years ago and it was worth £100,000 and then 10 years later it's worth £200,000, obviously it's doubled in value and there's a £100,000 difference there. So that's ultimately the capital growth that you've made. Now, when we're considering different in property investments, if we're looking at different areas of the country and even different types of property as well, they're all going to have factors that influence the capital growth. So if we're buying, you know, really early during the construction stage or process of a, a development sale in the middle of a city centre and we're getting loads of ex exclusive incentives from a developer, then obviously the capital growth potential over the long term is going to be really attractive. So there's a high chance that that property is going to increase in value aggressively. Whereas if you're buying, you know, in, in the outskirts of a, of a city, perhaps an old rundown freehold, you know, two bed terrace house, that's worth 60, 70 grand. Obviously, the chances of that aggressively increasing in value are somewhat limited. But overall, capital growth is more a reflection of the market conditions. So we can look at forecasts of places like um, JLL, Savills, HomeTrack, Rightmove, Zoopla. There's loads of data points we can analyze and say, right, at the moment, 
this city is expected to perform well over the next five years in terms of property value increases. So I'm going to tailor my investment strategy and maybe focus on that area. But hopefully that gives a general overriding view of what capital growth is and a couple of things to consider. Yes. And I think also one thing we would have to point out is another big difference between yield and capital growth. Yield is more predictable in a sense than capital growth is because when we look at yield, we look at current uh, comparables. We look at current rental data, market comparables of properties that have been let that are similar. So that helps to give us a great understanding and obviously helps to give us some predictability on what yield is going to be. Capital growth, on the other hand, when we look at the data and look at capital growth potential, that is what it is. It's just potential. So we can't ever guarantee capital growth. But in the sense of yield, we can have an element of predictability with that. Yeah, I mean, a simple way to look at it is capital growth. You are relying on market conditions. So as we know, major changes in the economy political landscape etc etc brexit covid they can all have an impact on on property value increases and they are very volatile and they do go um sort of up and down quite consistently so yes capital growth it's important um to look at the the medium to long-term picture and although it's a high often a high chance in the uk that values increase it is, you know, it does fluctuate and go up and down. Whereas with yield and rental prices, it's it's quite consistent and you can look at the immediate data comparables, as Toby said, and, and really get a good understanding and be very, very specific. So hopefully that gives um, people a good understanding of capital growth and yield. So what we're going to do now is we're going to look at two different investor profiles. So a bit of a scenario analysis. So investor one, their circumstances and investor to their circumstances and then we're going to provide a bit of a recommendation as to what we think uh, they should focus on or what may be best suited to them what i'll do then is i'll quickly reel off a profile or some characteristics of the first investor and then toby if you're happy to we'll get you to sort of recommend a strategy and what you think would be best suited for them all good sounds good to me good stuff good stuff so First, investor one then, um, it's effectively, we'll say he's a, a young professional um, called David. He's in his late 30s. Um, now, he, David's long-term intention is to, to grow a property portfolio. Now, David's very young. He's ambitious. His ultimate objective is to replace his income from his professional job and then retire. So David, uh, over the past 10 years or so, has managed to save up a deposit. So he's got 50 grand there sat in his bank ready to go and he's really excited and ambitious wants to get on the property ladder and and grow things from there as a result he's not particularly um, risk averse so he doesn't mind um, you know playing the market and and trying to achieve the maximum return on investment so um, yeah he's really ready to go and uh, wants our advice so Toby based on those couple of points so late 30s grow a portfolio wants to retire He's got 50k, doesn't mind playing the markets. What would you recommend? Yeah, so if we take his scenario, I would be recommending that his main objective would be initially to go look for property investments that have high capital growth potential. The reason for that is one of the main reasons is he does have a limited cash pot there. So when you do have a limited cash pot and you are looking to grow a portfolio, what we have to look at is how quickly can we replenish that pot. And the quickest way to do that 
is via capital growth because yield is great. It's that monthly income which drip feeds into your account and will build up over a period of time. However, if you want to keep recycling that cash and keep putting more deposits in, you will have to factor in and try and look for somewhere with great capital growth because what you would do is you'd use that 50K. We might look at somewhere like Manchester or even somewhere like Liverpool where we've seen consistent capital growth and we can still see there's great potential for capital growth going forward. We would invest in a property there. We might look at off plan where we can get a discounted price, for example, and get some good incentives because as we know, he's not too fussed on yield and income right this second. By doing so, we would then hope over the next sort of medium term, let's say around three to five years, we would have a great burst of capital growth, which would increase that value and then have equity sitting in that property, which we can then pull back out by refinancing And then we can then use that money to look at another area, which then again has great capital growth potential to put our money into. So we might not be investing in the same place. We may at that point be looking at a different area to to capitalize on great capital growth potential. But that would be my advice. And what we would be doing is each time we would be trying to recycle that money each time we experience the capital growth. Yeah, definitely sounds like it's uh, really suited to his um, potential objective. So to summarise, we're taking that 50k, we're getting a mortgage, we're buying a a prime city centre apartment, benefiting from that capital growth over the probably medium to long term, withdrawing those funds and enrolling that that balance into another property to help David here grow his portfolio in the long term and I think just to add one other point on there as well 50k if you're going into the the leading cities like you know the tier one investment locations Liverpool Manchester etc it's fine but there is also an opportunity there I think to uh, maybe even split that and go into a uh, a city like Sheffield or Leeds where in 10-15 years we're expecting really strong growth and by splitting that deposit getting two buy to let mortgages it could enable us to see receive sort of double the capital growth but it's entirely dependent on the uh, obviously the specific deals that are available but hopefully that gives our listeners a good um, understanding of the sort of questions we ask and the the details that we go into and just quickly um on um dave's it was dave wasn't it yeah dave's the guy yeah on dave's scenario what we then factor in is every time you buy another property you're then adding to the yearly pot of money from your rental income and then you start a snowball effect whereas in each time you buy a new property the quicker your pot of money builds up, not only from yield, but from each time the capital growth as well. So as you build and build, and that's why we're looking at um, capital growth for, for his scenario. When we look at his time frame, you would hope over, over the next, let's say, 20 years, he'd be able to buy a number of properties. And when we reach the end, he'll have a great portfolio, bringing great rental income and also capital growth. Good stuff. So hopefully David's going to be set for the long term and uh, excited about growing, getting on the property ladder. So on to the next scenario then. Um, again, we've got some characteristics here and we'll make a recommendation. So Toby going on to Investor 2. Do you want to give us a rundown of their situation? Okay. So Investor 2, I will name, uh, let me have a think, Laura. So we're going to have Laura as Investor 2. <laughs> So their scenario and their profile, they have a large pot of money and cash sitting there. Very lucky. I wish I was them. 
They're also at an age now where they're getting ready to retire and relax. They've uh, been working hard all their life and hence them having a big pot of money. They also want something that is low risk and has an element of certainty because where they are at their age, they don't want to be getting into anything too risky because obviously they're looking probably over a shorter period. And they also want something passive and hands off when it comes to the income side. So Nick, when you look at Laura, what would you be recommending? Okay, so this is actually a scenario we see quite um, commonly. So just to summarize then, Laura's obviously got a, uh, a big pot of cash there doesn't want any stress, just wants hands off, looking to retire soon. And as a result of that, doesn't want to, you know, risk all her savings, etc. So this is a prime example of where someone would want to be focused on the yield side of things. So really getting an asset that's going to generate a stable, consistent and safe income. You know, at this stage, Laura doesn't want to get leveraged up to her eyeballs and, you know, play the markets and hope for capital growth. It's all about security. It's all about being risk averse and it's all about getting a stable rental yield. So if I was Laura and I had this large pot of cash, what I would do is um, use the cash first, i.e. I wouldn't bother with a mortgage or anything like that. I'd look to either purchase uh, a portfolio, ensuring all the individual properties within that portfolio stood up on their own merit. Or I'd look to just buy a few buy-to-lets at a discounted price because you're paying in cash. And that will enable Laura to get a higher than average rental yield and really benefit from that stable and consistent income. So I probably would avoid cities like London, Birmingham, Manchester, because the prices are quite high. Um, and as a result, the yields are reflecting that. So it might get four or five percent. I'd go into other cities where you've got a really good chance to generate seven, eight percent in the in the residential market by buying with cash, going in at below market value and generating that income. So Laura can hopefully retire happily. And just to add to that as well, actually, I'd also look at potentially the purpose built student accommodation market because this is um, associated with high yields and fully managed structures etc now you have to make sure you're choosing the right development so you can ensure the resale abilities there as well but if you've got cash you're looking for high income that may be something laura wants to uh wants to review as well excellent no i think they're they're two good examples of potential investors and, and, and ones that we do come across quite often and I think also, even though we're focusing on growth for Investor 1 and we're focusing on yield for Investor 2, what you have to remember is, although that is your focus, you will still benefit from um, each one as well. So the, the growth from Investor 1, he will obviously, of course, benefit from yield at the same time. And again, Laura, Investor 2, although she would be focusing on the yield, what you've got to remember is over the over the period of time, she will still capitalize from capital growth as well uh, and benefit from that which is something you do have to remember and I think for us we just really want to make it clear that when you are investing it's best to have focus on a strategy because that way it makes you easier to pick out and determine the type of investment you want to go through because if you've got a strategy which is quite broad it's very hard to narrow down and buy a property because you're going to be doing what I like to call um, analysis paralysis because you'll have so many different factors you'll be factoring in Uh, there'll be so many variables that ultimately you'll probably end up just just not buying yeah it's a good put that that first point you mentioned there is really um, one of the reasons why I think property and 
investing in real estate itself is, is so attractive. You are getting that cash flow, that rental income, which is nice and stable and secure, almost like a wage. And then ultimately over the long term, hopefully you are building up your wealth and seeing those property values increasing through the appreciation and, and capital growth. And probably at a far less volatile, well, definitely at a far less volatile uh, sort of um, rate or a less volatile environment than you would see in things like the stock market, etc. So, yeah, hopefully that sort of displays the two sort of characteristics of how you can profit from investing in property. And um, hopefully we've gone through a couple of scenarios which will help you sort of identify what, uh, what may suit you. So if you think you might be a Dave or you think you might be a Laura, please feel free to get in touch because we'll be more than happy to discuss your specific scenario, what might suit you, and we can try and help offer some potential investments or strategies that may suit what you're looking for. Yeah, and just quickly as well, I think it's really important to point out that um, those characteristics and that criteria or the circumstances of Dave and this imaginary Laura we keep speaking of, <laughs> they are, you know, it's really important for us as an investment agency to understand these from our investors. So when we're speaking to investors, we, we're asking these sorts of questions to really get underneath the surface and understand, you know, what your circumstances are, where you are now, where you want to be, and really map out a route of how we're going to get there. Of course. And just remember as well, your strategy will change over time potentially. So Dave, he's going to start off looking for the growth factor and that'll be his main focus. However, once he gets later on in his portfolio and his strategy, he may then shift to yield because it's a lot easier and a lot less headache and a lot less uh, sort of making forecasts and predictions when it comes to capital growth. So just bear that in mind. If you are looking at one strategy at this moment in time, it doesn't mean you have to stick with that forever. It can change. Yep. So hopefully today we've given you a good sort of breakdown of yield versus growth. And on to next week then, Toby, we're going to be looking at purpose-built student accommodation. So I'm sure our listeners have seen these developments advertised, you know, high fixed returns, 9% in places like Liverpool or even Manchester, etc. So next week we'll be breaking down the structure, the pros, the cons, what you need to think about and see if it is the right one for you, maybe. Excellent. I look forward to it, Nick. Well, that's all we have time for. So I'm Toby. And I'm Nick. And this is the Pure Property Podcast. Thanks. Bye-bye. Cheers, guys. Bye.